Welcome to Real Estate Investing Abundance, the show for busy, fulfilled professionals like you to learn how to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Now, here is your host, Dr. Alan Lomax. Hello, enlightened investors. I'm your host, Dr. Alan, and it is a delight to be with you today as we discuss how the basic elements of building a business for success. Travis Chappell is the founder and CEO of Guestio, a new software and connection company that has a high-level guest with high-level content creators, and he is the host of the top-rated show, Build Your Own Network. In addition to being featured in Entrepreneur, NASDAQ, Yahoo Finance, and Read and Write, Travis has been featured in Forbes as a top 10 podcaster that will change your life, along with Joe Rogan, Gary Vaynerchuk, and Jim Ferris. So, Travis, share with us a memorable experience from your formative years that helped you to be who you are today. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me, Alan. When I was a kid, I did a lot of yard work. And I remember at the time just really not liking it. It was one of those things that just was on my plate that I had to do. And uh, I usually took up the majority of my weekends, which wasn't fun. And, and I didn't get paid very much to do it. But, you know, a lot of it was free, just, you know, regular working around the house, getting stuff done. We had a couple of acres. But then anytime that I wanted to make money to go spend it on something, it was just a direct pointing at the yard and saying like, okay, well, go do some stuff and we'll pay you for it. Basically. I think I got paid four bucks an hour, five bucks an hour or something like that. And then I would just, you know, weed and rake piles of weeds and burn them and, you know, use a breaker bar and break up some roots or dig a hole or like, it was just always something to do. And uh, I remember, like I said, thinking at the time, I didn't really like it. But it ended up leading into the first ever real kind of business that I had, which was landscaping when I was 16 and, you know, was mowing people's lawns, installing grass and fixing sprinklers and doing random jobs like that, doing trash outs and just get my hands dirty, but also learning how to make a quick buck and learning the value of selling over the value of the labor on the jobs and you know, really figure out the difference between specialized labor and non-specialized labor and how much money you could get paid for each of those skill sets. And taught me a lot. Taught me how to budget and use my money. You know, we had these little banks growing up and there was a church, a bank and a store. And so whenever I would make money growing up, it was 10% of everything would go into the church, like giving 20% plus maybe 25% of everything would go in the bank. And then I could spend the rest. So that's kind of how it was. And so when I started making, you know, not serious money, but serious money for a 16 year old, you know, probably made 10 grand that summer with the landscaping business. And we started making that money, got a bank account, started getting my credit built up and started using those money habits of putting away money in the bank, spending a little bit of money on yourself and then giving some of your money away to, you know, other people who might need it. So the only additional thing that I wish we would have had was an investment category where we learned how to invest a little bit more, but that came a little bit later. But yeah, that was probably more formative experiences of my childhood. Well, interesting. Hard labor, humdrum labor, and really the humdrum basics of finance you learned from the get-go there. We like to think, oh, investing is so 
fascinating and so interesting, but really we have to go back to the basics if we're ever going to be successful. And you said you wished you had had some investment experience. Well, you actually did because that bank is actually the beginning of a foundation of investment. And a lot of us want to surpass that and go to the more glamorous kind of things and get ourselves into trouble because we don't have that saving foundation there. Yeah. Well, tell us, Travis, what excites you the most about your business right now? Potential. So with Guestio in particular, which is our software company, for the last year, year and a half, we've really just been all in on building the product and creating new features and bringing on users and asking for feedback and building new features and going back to the drawing board and figuring this thing out, figuring that thing out. And so I feel like now at this point, we've really hit a vein and found a a big problem that we're solving. And so I think 2022 will be a big year of growth for us uh, because we've made a little bit of money this year, but it was mostly just iterations, feedback, testing, going back to the drawing board, creating a new feature, iterations, feedback, testing, and doing all of that stuff. So now that we've done that for a little while, I'm excited this year to really start marketing and growing the actual business and taking on a bunch more customers. So the growth potential right now is what I'm most excited about. Well, I can see how those formative experiences were very beneficial there. As you mentioned earlier, that you learned the difference between a specialty scales and regular ho-hum scales. And I'm sure learning to distinguish those things early on have been very beneficial to you in this particular endeavor that you're in now and in this particular phase of building out uh, that business that obviously has a great deal of potential. Well, what have you learned from your favorite mentor that has been your biggest and most important lesson? I feel like I look up to so many people and take things from so many of them. I'll stick with this one though. That's something that I've learned, not even as a direct, you know, conversation or something, just by observation from a guy named Dan Fleischman, who is the head of a mastermind that I'm in. Just a very, very well connected person. And when you get around him, you start to realize why. And one of the things that I take away from Dan is that he is not person that discriminates or has prejudice because of the way that somebody decided to live their life or the the career they decided to have or whatever. He's not going to not hang out with you because you're a Christian or you're not a Christian, or he's not going to not hang out with you because you're a Republican or a Democrat, or he's not going to not hang out with you because you're in network marketing or you're in manufacturing. Like, he just is somebody who talks to everybody, gets to know, you know, everybody's different business models and builds relationships. And at its core, I think he's just a long-term thinker and someone that likes to add value to the lives of others and understands that if you do that enough over a long enough period of time, that you can build, you know, a life that is one that's by design. You can build a life by design that way. Because if you have enough leverage with enough people who have enough power and influence, and uh, you have real relationships with those people because you've added real value to those people's lives, then virtually anything that he touches at this point will be successful to a certain extent because of the extensive network of people who are movers and shakers that really, frankly, just own favors. But that's not why he does it. He does it just because he likes to add value to people and it always comes back on him. And so, you know, I have friends who are well connected, but they, they still 
you know, talk crap about this crowd over here that they don't like how they decided to live their life or earn their money. So like uh, those people, they're just scammers. And it's like, well, you're kind of painting with a really broad brush and turning down uh, relationships with a lot of really great people who have great values, good families are doing good in the world. And you're just judging them because of the line of work that they're in, because maybe they didn't get plugged into the same opportunities that you got plugged into. So they took a different route and ended up being really successful. And like, I don't disparage people for any, for any of those decisions. And um, that's something that I took away from Dan, because you don't see him only hang out with a certain type of person. Like he'll befriend this person, he'll befriend that person, he'll befriend this person and just likes to have, have a bunch of valuable people around him. So that was a roundabout answer, but that's the one. Sounds like a great person to know and to have an influence in your life. Adding value to others just for the sake of adding values is a virtue uh, that all of us could uh, aspire to. Well, what advice would you give to your younger self? There's so much advice I would give to my younger self. I think that we're all that way. You know, wish you could go back and be 18 again with the information and knowledge that you have. I mean, such is life, right? That's what life is about is continually learning and growing and becoming a different version of yourself. So if I were to go back to myself and give myself just one really good practical piece of advice, this has everything to do with timing, by the way. It's not timing agnostic. It's just a very practical piece of advice, which would have been at 18 to start a podcast. And a lot, like I said, a lot of it has to do with the timing. If I were 18, that puts us back 11 years ago. So it would be 2010 when podcasting had been around for only a couple of years. And it was a lot easier to grow a massive audience people at the time, but not just for that. It would have been mainly for connections and my own learning as an 18 year old. If I would have started a podcast at 18, just for my own personal development and knowledge and information um, relationships, I think it would have been extremely beneficial. And I probably could have spent the first half of my 20s a little bit more wisely than I did around people and influences that were getting me to think bigger and move faster and things like that, rather than being around people who made me feel like I was doing really well, you know, because I made six figures when I was like 22 for the first time. But like I said, I felt like I was a baller instead of being around people who were making eight figures and being like, oh, there's another level to this. Let's learn how to get there. It was being around people that weren't making as much as I was. And so I thought I was doing really well for myself. You know, So if I would have started a podcast a few years earlier, when I was 18, 19, would have learned a lot, connected with a lot more people, would have, I mean, way more downloads just frankly because of the timing in the industry. And that could have ended up being a, a huge revenue driver for the business if uh, you could have taken advantage of the trend at the time. That's always the piece of advice I would give my younger self because I know that it would benefit me in an exponential way with the knowledge of the information, the connections. And then you add on top of that, the timing of the industry, I think it would be a, you know, a no-brainer to get started back then. Yeah. We'll be right back after a brief announcement. Are you a busy professional, passionate about the work of your calling, yet realize that even though you love what you are doing, you're exchanging your time for money? You know that if you were to lose the ability to exchange time for money, your financial well-being will be in jeopardy. If you can relate, I have great news. Steve Talker Capital is an investment company designed for professionals to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Remove the anxiety of an uncertain financial future and go to steedtalker.com. Get your free one-page 10-step guide to passive real estate investing. For sure. Well, interesting that you would say 
you would have started podcasting earlier and gave us several reasons why. I have heard people proudly say that they have absolutely no regrets in life. And I always shake my head and go, clearly, you just have never done any introspecting. But (laughs) I just don't know how we can grow and learn without introspection. And when we introspect, certainly there's going to be things that we can obviously look back on and say we could have done differently and better and probably sooner. Well, how do you go about evaluating a good business deal? Most of the time I throw it to somebody else. That's really my biggest thing is I have a trusted mentors, friends, advisors, whatever Mm -hmm. term you want to put on it. If it's a big enough decision, I usually throw it out to a small council of people that are experts in the particular domain that I'm asking about. Um, I think that's a very important caveat. You might have people that you trust, but can they help you make a decision on whether or not to invest into this real estate deal? Maybe not. If you have three or four real estate focused people, then they could probably help you out with that. If you are looking to whether or not you know to bring on a new hire and you're talking to that same real estate person, they may not be able to help you because maybe they just evaluate real estate deals all day. But you have three or four founder friends that are entrepreneurs and have grown teams from zero to 200 people, they could probably give you some help or advice on that. So I almost always throw it to somebody who I think is a lot smarter than I am, who's had to face the decision a lot more than I have and throw it out to them, which is another reason why I view networking and podcasting as being so important because any of the big leaps or steps forward that I've taken have almost always been a direct result of a conversation with somebody that's just smarter than I am. Somebody who's been there and done that, has more experience, has a better degree, has more knowledge, has better relationships. I go to somebody who I perceive as being qualified and somebody who I perceive as being trustworthy, and I ask them what they would do. I like how you phrase that, a council of people. Uh, Gosh, I wish I had done that more in my life, rather than just plunging ahead with my own knowledge. So many different things in life could have been so different had I counseled with knowledgeable people before plunging headfirst into various different things. Yep. Yep. Don't got to reinvent the wheel. You know, most of the time somebody else has already figured it out or at least gone through something similar. So digest some of that information, read a book about it. If you're listening to this right now and you don't have a ton of mentors and you want to get around more people, like go get around more people and find more people that you can throw questions like that to. But in the meantime, and there's YouTube, there's Google, there's podcasts, there's audiobooks, there's books, there's so much knowledge information out there. Like I said, you have to find the people that you trust to give you good information and the people that are qualified to give you that information. You have to be able to trust them that they know what they're talking about and trust them that they have your best interests in mind. And those would be the two filters that I would run any of the content that you find online through. Because a lot of people don't have your best interest in heart. They have their best interest in heart and they just have a program to sell you. And by the way, buying programs isn't a bad thing. But if it's somebody that is actually caring about the results, somebody who's trusted and somebody who has a name for themselves and they deliver, like that's a different question. So just be smart, be smart about it, but get around those people because they'll help you shorten your learning curve significantly and save you a ton of time, which is why I always am willing to invest money into a lot of groups and masterminds and programs and things like that. Because if you can shave a year off of my learning curve, 
that's a lot of money that that's worth to me. You know what I mean? If you can save three years, six months, you know, like it's all about compressing the amount of time that it takes you to figure something out, in my opinion. So getting yeah, my mentor is the yeah. easiest accelerant to me. Very good advice there. Well, thinking about your daily, weekly, monthly habits, which is your single habit that gives you 80% of your results? I guess I should say single best habit. There's probably more than one, but your single best habit. I mean, it's got to be relationships. I run my podcast called Build Your Network, talk a lot about relationships. My software essentially connects people to each other. For me, it's all about relationships. And so that's the habit in my life that I continually come back to doing things like this, jumping on other people's podcasts, interviewing people for my podcast. I look at that to me as hundred percent networking activities. And that's getting like shaking more hands, knowing more people, having great conversations with people who are doing things in the world is mostly always a good use of my time. Even if the other person doesn't have an audience, if they're just starting their show, that doesn't bother me. Like we'll have a good conversation if they're a cool person to connect with anyway. And you never know how it comes back on you. That's the beauty of networking. It's the beauty of relationships. And then one thing I just want to throw out there is my gym time is pretty big indicator of whether or not I'm doing well or doing poorly. I just, for some reason, can't separate it. I can't separate my physical health and activity level from my energy to get things done in my business as well. So that would just be another aside there. Well, excellent. That's exactly what I would have said, is is networking and building relationships. Well, what is it that you mentioned uh, the potential in your business? So what is it that you are focused on primarily right now in terms of your business and bringing that into fruition? Yeah, right now we're looking to hire some more people in our marketing department because that's really what our next goals are is starting to market a little bit more and building out more channels to acquire users for the platform. So my attention is kind of turning more to hiring rather than doing all of the things myself at this point. So yeah, we're looking to hire a few people at the beginning of the year which is next week now, like in three days. Yeah, so it's just looking, about there. Yeah. yeah, we're looking to hire a few more people and then start marketing the product a little bit more, spending a little bit more money and time and energy focusing on acquiring customers rather than creating features. Well, Travis, tell our viewers and listeners how it is that they can connect with you and what is it that you primarily have to offer? Yeah, so you can connect me over at TravisChapel.com, C-H-A-P-P-E-L-L travischapel.com, or you can go sign up on Guestio. That's guestio.com. Basically, if you are a guest speaker or you want to be a guest speaker on podcasts or virtual events or blogs or whatever, then create a free account on Guestio. It's totally free. You can build out your media kit profile. You can accept pitches. You can do pitching. You can do scheduling, messaging, have a calendar view of upcoming podcast interviews or whatever it is that you're booking on the platform. Just use it, check it out, try it out. It's totally free. You can use it for free forever if you wanted to. We can upgrade to Pro, which is obviously more for some of the serious users that are wanting to get booked on a lot of podcasts, get their message out there, just tell their story more accurately, connect with more people. So it's really just a marketplace built for cultivating those genuine connections and better conversations for people. So guestio.com, that's guestio.com. Go check it out, create a free account and you know, let us know what you think. Well, sounds like a wonderful service. And a lot of our viewers and listeners, I know, will be excited to get involved with that. Well, Travis, uh, before we go here, 
share with us one of your most difficult setbacks in life and how did you come through that time and what was the primary lesson you learned from that experience? Sure. So for me, I always go back right before I started anything online. And at the time I was in my early 20s, I had just come off of my first six-figure year. When I was in sales, I was doing 100% commission, door-to-door sales. And the opposite of what I thought was going to happen ended up happening at the end of the year, which was I ended up feeling not disappointed, but not excited about the money that I had just made. And it was a weird counterintuitive event because I, you know, most people, if you're in your early 20s and you make six figures, you're really stoked about it. And I think I realized, first of all, how that wasn't that much money, which was kind of disheartening. It was like such a, a goal for a while, you know, when I was doing sales and then I did it. And then I realized that like, oh, wow, that's really not that much money if you want to, you know, go experience some cool things in life and, you know, have the quality of life that you really want. Like six figures is really not that much. It goes especially, pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Especially, you know, when you're living in California or somewhere that's not a cheap place to live. So I think that was the first thing. But then the second thing was that I knew at that point that I didn't want to keep doing what I had done to make that six figures, which was a really difficult moment of realization for me. Cause I was, at the time I was just like, Oh my gosh, well, what do I do then? You know, I had just come out of kind of a cult like religion growing up. And when I graduated from college, I graduated with the intention of going into ministry. It took me like three months to realize I didn't want to do that. And so I had a unaccredited Bible degree and I had door-to-door sales experience. And that was the only things that I had. The problem was that I knew I didn't want to go into ministry. So that makes the degree useless, even more useless than the unaccredited Bible degree is. And then I had door-to-door sales experience, but that was also useless because I didn't want to be in door-to-door sales anymore. Not to you know throw shade at that industry. It's a great industry, but I didn't want to be doing that when I fast-forwarded the clock and looked at 32-year-old Travis. I was like, if I'm still knocking doors when I'm 32, I don't know if I'm going to be happy with that. So it was kind of back to square one. It was like, well, what do I do now? You know, Except at that point, I was 23 and I had a mortgage and I had a wife and I had bills that were coming in. I didn't have the luxury of just sleeping on my parents' couch till I figured it out. You know what I mean? I had stuff to do. So my wife was working at the time, uh, luckily. So she was, you know, paying the majority of our bills. And then I took off like probably five, six months where I just didn't know what I was doing. It was the first time in my life I ever dove into personal development. It was kind of a life-changing thing for me because it was just back against the wall. I didn't really know what else to do or where to turn. And that's when I started listening to podcasts and listening to audio and even reading books, which if you would have known me before you've been like, wait, what? My whole family's still surprised that I'm kind of the, the nonfiction reader in the family because I never read growing up and nobody could get me to read and I hated it. But very quickly as an adult, you know, you have a, a moment of fear, you're back against the wall, you'll start doing a bunch of stuff to try to get out of that situation. And so I was reading, I was learning as much as I could. And that's when I ultimately decided to go into podcasting and start learning how to make money online because I figured I'm a millennial. I know that the world is moving toward everything more online. By the time I'm in my 30s or 40s, you know, like the majority of commerce is going to be done online. So I should probably learn this stuff, you know what I mean, next. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I started the show. And it was still a long, grueling process before I started making money and making real money and then doing it full time and then turning it into another business and then starting the software company, raising capital, like all of that has unfolded over the last few years. But starting the show and moving online was at least a step in the right direction. And it was something that, empowered me to be able to make the decisions that I needed to make for my future. And it allowed me to 
a scratch the itch of connecting with people and growing my own network, giving me the potential to make money through the audience that I'd built. So there's a lot of good things that happened there. But yeah, it was pretty rough there for a few months where I just had no idea what I was doing and didn't know how I was going to make money, didn't know how I was going to support my family. And the way that I got out of it, to me personally, looking back, I think it's pretty clear that, well, first off, I was back in the gym. I was taking care of my health, but also it was just more personal development than I ever done in my life in that six months, you know, podcasts, books, audiobooks, whatever I get my hands on, I did. And I think that's ultimately what ended up kind of helping me form the right decision-making process, create a new mindset for myself, have a better relationship with money, a better relationship with people, expose some blind spots. Like there's a lot of stuff that had a period of time. I think personal development was the reason why. Yeah, it sounds like a very, I don't know what you would call it, dramatic time in your life. Sounds like there was significant interpersonal growth and probably not something you were actually expecting as you uh, went into that time in your life. But it sounds like it uh, was an amazing period. We need those times. And oftentimes we don't stop and accept the lessons that come from those times. But Fortunately, you were able to do that. And uh, it's good that you did. Yeah, yeah. Well, Travis, it has been a pleasure having you. And I'm glad I've gotten to know you. Interesting life you've had and interesting trajectory to your life. Uh, So thank you for taking the time to be with us. It's been a pleasure having you on the show with us today. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me, Alan. It's a lot of fun. Thanks for uh, bringing me on. And I'll be looking forward to meeting anybody that wants to reach out and, you know, keep the conversation going. Absolutely. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Investing Abundance, brought to you by Steve Talker Capital, a company working for passionate professionals like you to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. As part of our efforts to make the world a better place, Steve Talker Capital contributes to activities and organizations committed to better understand the equine. These endeavors attempt to enhance the human treatment of horses worldwide. Steve Talker Capital, working for a world where all creatures, great and small, flourish abundantly. For resources to develop your financial independence, connect with us at stevetalker.com.